Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If we have not been born of God and do not know God, we cannot be one who loves. And I think, based on what John's saying, we want to be one who loves, right? So I was like prepping for the talk, and I was thinking, man, I wish everyone could have met me when I was a freshman in college <laughs> or a senior in high school, because it just would have been fun. <laughs> I don't know, just such a different. It was funny to think back. I, was, I grew up in a very practical home, learned how to work hard, do the right thing, do the work, right? But I was a little bit, you could say, awkward in conversation with people. I'd often be faced with, like, I don't know what to talk about. And not out of, like, a bad place, but just out of, like, oh. <laughs> probably self-absorption, like, I don't know what to do. And so I was always very grateful when there was like a project or something practical, like I needed to talk to you about this thing because we have to like do this. Can anyone relate? <laughs> it's like, phew, <laughs> great. Like I want to talk to you, but I just need something to talk about. Um, well, I went on a retreat my freshman year in February. It wasn't Fan in a Flame. But I did get prayed over at that time. On that retreat, the men and women were, there was a warmth, a vivacity, and they treated one another like brothers and sisters, a way I hadn't seen before. And I was prayed over. Oh, also, the priest. The priest there. It was like, I saw the Father, God the Father, through this priest. And I think it was the combination of the people, brother and sisterhood, the priest, and seeing the Father through him, and being prayed over, and it was like, boom. <laughs> and I remember being back on campus and standing in front of our Newman house at the door. People were coming over for something, and this girl walks in, she lived down the hall from me, and we had met in the fall and got along well. And I said, hi, how are you? And it was like, like an overflowing, like I actually cared how she was. And I was like, how have I never asked her this before and like meant it? Like what makes her tick? And I was, it was like such... Maybe that sounds silly, but has anybody had that kind of experience before? You can maybe just nod your head. Okay, maybe, maybe not. But I saw with new eyes, and that was the beginning of a new trajectory for me of missionary zeal and really just a freedom in loving people. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And that was me. It is me. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. I hope it's you. I could tell you more opportunities, times when God has done that for me. 
where I've been born of him and come to know him more. I can tell you places right now in my life where I'm like, man, I really need some to be born again <laughs> in that area. Like, I actually don't want to love that person right now. And I just don't, I don't know, it's not there. Jesus told Nicodemus that unless he was born again, he would not be able to see the kingdom of heaven. So we have to be born in the spirit, experience God's love. What do we know about God's love? I think some of you have been born of the spirit again. What do you know? Shout it out. Raise your hand. What do we know about God's love? Steadfast. Steadfast. Gentle. Gentle. Generous. Generous. Total. Total. Healing. Healing. Pursuing. Pursuing. Jealous. Jealous. We could say a lot of things about God's love. It's a lot of things. We could say probably a number of things about what God's love is not as well, right? It's not selfish, self-serving, right? One thing I want to pull out about God's love for us to just consider and tuck away as we move forward is that God's love is not emotionally driven. It just is. It's, it is what is good, true, right. It's not emotionally driven. Okay, so... In order for us to talk about loving neighbor, I was like, wow, we could get really like lofty and talk about a lot of things. So for the sake of us having something to kind of grab onto and hold onto and talk about specifically, we're going to talk about honor and respect. Love as honor and respect. Okay, mostly honor, but we'll talk a little bit about respect. So to honor is to value highly, to value highly, and to respect is to look again, respect, re again, spect, think spectacles, right? Respect, look again. Okay, to show honor, to show honor is to express the value that we place on others. It's to express the value we place on others in words, deeds, and even in our demeanor, okay? So those are kind of the three areas we're going to talk about, our words, deeds, and demeanor. As Christians, we want to honor people not for what they have accomplished, not, we don't want to honor them so that we can get something from that relationship, but we want to honor them for who they are in the Lord. They are made in the image of God, okay? And expressing honor this is my soapbox, okay? Expressing honor is so important because it is a direct uh, comeback. It's the antidote to the work that Satan is trying to do constantly in our sisters and in our brothers and in our own lives. Showing honor, expressing honor, expressing the value that a person has, the dignity, is a direct punch in the face to what the devil, the deceiver, Diablo, is trying to do in people's lives right now because he is trying to make us forget who we are, right? 
This is what he does. He whispers, you're not worth it. You're not worthy. You don't belong here. She doesn't like you. They don't care. No one sees you, right? Showing honor is a direct response to those lies. So this is why it's so important. We can honor somebody and know the value that they bring, but we really, really need to express that honor because it is a great weapon. And, and it's, it's the salvation of souls, right? It's, it's a great weapon to help our brothers and sisters along the way. We must really show the honor we have for people. Word, demeanor, and deed. Word, deed, and demeanor. It's like the offensive. Okay, that was a word I had here. Okay, so love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's in Romans 12. Okay, brotherly affection. I just want to say a word about brotherly affection. Maybe you talk about this already. I'm sure you do, right? But this is so important. When we love one another with this kind of love, the filial love as brothers and sisters, that, again, it's like, it's um, an antidote to that identity crisis. Who am I? Well, you're my brother. You're my sister. And that means you have a father in heaven who loves you, right? So it's very important. Brotherly affection, filial. People are reminded we're a part of a family and who their father is. Could I get a volunteer? Okay. Yeah, and yeah, I actually need to, so that's perfect. Come on up. Yeah, walk it, walk, move. <laughs> yeah, you're moving up. Could you grab that picture? Okay, so you've got brotherly affection. Don't forget that, okay? But we're going to talk about, we're talking about our words. Oh, okay, that's great. You can sit there. <laughs> I was sitting expecting that. Great. Oh, no, no, come in the middle. That's great. Okay. Okay, so we're going to talk about words. This is probably kind of our biggest chunk of the talk here, of our content. So, first of all, actually, okay, now that you're sitting there holding that, I need one more. <laughs> uh, how about you? What's your name? Uh, Landon Motes. Landon Motes. Yeah, Good to meet you, Emily. <laughs> Great. I picked him because I didn't know him. Okay. Great. Okay, so this is just here for, you know, for Dustin's sake so he doesn't have to clean up after me. Okay. I would like you to come over here. Gotcha. All right. The water there in the pitcher, that's, that's your words. It's my words? It's your words. Okay. Okay. I want you to, okay, just watch this demonstration. Okay, you're going to pour the water. He's going to try to catch it in his hands, okay? Yeah. You're going to try to catch the water in your hands. All right? All right, watch. Yeah. Just stay still. Okay, catch it. Catch it. Put it back. Put it back in. Yeah. Okay. All right, good, good, good. Stop, stop. Sorry, you still have to clean up. Okay, so the water is our words, right? Thank you, <laughs> brave one. The water is our words. When we speak, we can't put them back in. 
right? You can't like catch all those words, all the ones you wish you never said, and like put them back. Once they're done, they're done. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> Give them a round of applause. That was great. You didn't know what you were getting into. I'm going to be careful up here. I'm going to try not to slip. This is why I brought a towel. Okay. So our words, like water, can be hard to catch. Once they're out there, they're out there, right? They're hard to catch. We can't scoop them up. Our words are like seeds, okay? Our words are like seeds. We can scatter them. You're scattering seeds, right? You can't, like, go and dig up every single little seed after it's been scattered. It's out there. And the question is, what kind of roots are those seeds going to sprout? What kind of roots? Roots of bitterness? Or roots that will bring fruit and life? I hope it's the second. Okay, so words. The tongue has the power of life and death. God created with the word. Our words have the power of life and death. Okay, so here in Ephesians, John, you read from Ephesians 4, right? Ephesians 4, 29. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion, that it may impart grace to those who hear. I think that might be one of your fill-in-the-blanks. Maybe, maybe not. You guys got fill-in-the-blanks. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Just remembered about that. Okay. Let no evil talk come from your mouth, but only that those that impart grace to those who hear. So really quick about the evil talk. The word here used for evil in the New Testament is used to describe bad fruit or rotten fish. Okay. This kind of speech is the kind that rots away at flesh. This kind of speech, think of like gangrene. It's like this really nasty infection. It like gets the person and it spreads all throughout the body. Evil talk. Just a few examples because we want to be aware and we want to squash any of this evil talk, any of these seeds. We don't want them to come out of our mouth, right? Okay, so the first, gossip. I know that's a blank. <laughs> gossip. This is speaking about someone in a way that negatively affects their good name. It's passing along things that should be, remain private. Okay, gossip destroys trust. It can be disguised. It can be disguised as complaining or venting. It can also be silly, idle talk. Okay, that one really gets me, the idle talk. That's where I think when I was prepping, I was like, that is where I experience it the most, whether in myself or from other people. Did you hear what so-and-so did? So-and-so, blah, 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 and so-and-so, let me tell you, in the teacher's lounge, like the teacher lunch, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't want to hear that about your little kindergartners. 
I'm going to have them next year. I want to love them. Right? It can be disguised as complaining, venting, or silly idle talk. If it's not your news to share, don't share it. Right? That's a hard one. Do you avoid gossip? This is a way that we can honor and show value to a person. But not just refraining from gossip ourselves, but another way that we can show and express honor for a person is to stand up for that person when gossip does come up. It's to intervene. It doesn't mean you have to be like, hey, stop talking about so-and-so like that. You can change the subject. One of my coworkers is very good at this. He is so good. I'm <laughs> just like, here I am. I'm just like eating my lunch. And he just changes the subject. And I'm so grateful. Slander. This is another one. Slander is kind of like on purpose. It's like at your heart, like the point. You want to speak poorly of someone so you can get ahead. Slander is speaking poorly of someone so you can get ahead. To um, tarnish their name. Like you want them to go down. Right? This is slander. Okay, I was, I, it's accusing. It's accusing. Do I have the heart of the accuser? Or is the heart of the accuser happening right now in this conversation, right? Or is it the heart of mercy that's talking? Okay, so that's slander. When we gossip or slander, we need to ask forgiveness of the person who we slandered upon or gossiped to. They're the ones that just got spewed with a ton of nasty, bitter root seeds, and they're like trying to now sort out, like, what's true about that person? And now they're having to, you know what I mean? So when we gossip or slander, we need to really, we need to seek forgiveness of the person who we have slandered upon and who heard us talking. Okay. The next one, negative humor. I'm trying to do this section quickly. Negative humor. This could be a tricky one. Okay, it's indirectly dishonoring. It's like saying something that's negative, critical, dishonoring of someone, but in a way that's intended as a joke, and I want them to give it right back to me. Okay, sometimes it can be intended to express affection, like, oh, that's just how I love, how we love each other. We... We tease, like, whatever. But the problem here is that there's only one direction for negative humor to go, and it's down, right? The trouble is, is that we get caught in a downward spiral, and eventually we end up crossing a line. Eventually, we end up crossing a line. It's playing with fire. Within this is sarcasm. This word means biting at the flesh, sarcasm. And this is um, a particular one for me. You know, this is like, <laughs> um, people say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You, you heard that? Yeah. yeah. You've heard it? False. <laughs> it's so untrue. Words hurt, right? I did this the other week. I like knew this about my sister, this area, 
that she was trying to grow in. And here we were, and we were in the kitchen, and I said, so blah, 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 blah. Like, how's blah, blah, blah going? And it was like, I didn't say it in like a purposefully malicious way, but as soon as I said it, I like knew it hurt her. And I was saying it sarcastically, you know, like, haha, like, I knew you wanted to work on this, and how's it going? Because it's not happening, right? But it hurt. It hurt her. And we for sure had to reconcile later. And it, like, ruined the rest of her day. I mean, that among other things, but it was, like, the straw that took, is it the straw that broke the, cam broke the camel's back? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, so sarcasm. All right. There's one whose words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I want that to be me and us. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Okay, imparting grace. Imparting grace. That was evil talk, gangrenous talk. Destroys the body of Christ, whether it's our SPO body here, a parish body, a church body, destroys it. But where is that? Only such as is good for edifying, as fits the occasion, that it may impart grace to those who hear. The Catechism tells us that grace is a participation in the life of God. Our words can bring a participation in the life of God. A participation in the life of God. We want our words to draw people into life with God. And they can. They can by reminding them who they are. So a few examples here of imparting grace. Here we have formal honorings. So do you guys still do closing household dinner? Maybe you do a closing small group. Okay, birthdays, end of year, anniversaries, graduations, perfect times to do a more formal honoring. And we want to honor people for their character. Again, not for what they've done. Exactly, not just for like what they've done or what they've accomplished, but for their character and how they have said yes to the Lord for their character and how they have said yes to the Lord. For example, I could honor Meredith for her character and for the ways that she has said yes to the Lord. Meredith, you moved here just a couple weeks ago, months, I guess. And that took a lot of courage, a lot of heart, a lot of bravery, right? And within that, Meredith's in my small group. We're in a small group together, young adults. Woo. And within that time that you've moved, it's not just courage, but I've seen what I brought to mind was the woman who pours out and anoints the Lord's feet, and the people said, why this waste? And nothing is wasted in the light of eternity, right? And the generosity and the ways that you have chosen even to come to our small group and show up when it's hard or you know, you might want to go to bed. <laughs> but I'm sure there are so many other ways that people here could stand up and give examples of how you have chosen 
to say yes to the Lord. So thank you, Meredith. We could honor a person for their character and how they have said yes to the Lord. Thanks for receiving that. Okay. <laughs> I, I warned her. Honorings can be spoken or they can be written. I really like written ones personally because it just, my words sometimes, but I can write. Okay. So they can be spoken or they can be written. We can all do this. Okay. Formal honorings. Another way, conversations. Conversations. We can pay attention to someone. We can ask them questions about their life, right? We can follow up on something that we talked about last time. It's thoughtfulness in conversation. Embrace the awkward, don't cop out, don't sneak out, don't get your phone out, right? Embrace it, honor the person. Okay, informal times to honor with our words. Here's a couple examples. Informal times to honor with our words. Just say thank you. You guys, I almost just called you class. <laughs> class. <laughs> just say thank you. Just say thank you. People do things all the time that cost them something. And we don't always know what that cost that person. But if we notice somebody doing something, just say thank you. Hey, I noticed you wiped up the water that I spilled. Thank you. Or I noticed that you set that thing out. Thank you. Or that you closed the blinds last night. Thank you. Anything. Okay? So just say thank you. Acknowledge the choice you saw someone make. Okay? Here's another informal way. Encouragement. Encourage this word. Encore. In heart. To put heart into. To give heart. Right? So when we encourage, we give heart. We Encourage. We give someone courage and heart. Okay, so this is primarily, encouragement is primarily affirming, but it can also be challenging. It can be a challenging, an encouragement can be like kind of a call on, you know? And scripture tells us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. So let's have prudence in our encouragement. Don't be afraid to encourage someone, but have prudence in it, the right thing, at the right time, in the right way. We want to say the right thing, at the right time, in the right way, in the right tone, right? With the right face. <laughs> right thing, at the right time, in the right way. Especially if it's a more like exhortive encouragement. It could be like, yeah, sister. Send it. Like, do that. Like, you've been talking about that thing. Send it, right? Or I know you've been working on that. You've been working so hard on this and this and this, and now you have this opportunity for this, and you're going to be doing this thing, and I know that all that hard work that you put into it is going to come out, and you're gonna, it's going to be awesome, right? So there you go. Words. They're like seeds. What kind of seeds are we going to plant with our words? All right, deed. Here we're going to talk about service and hospitality. So practically, okay, I have a nice scripture quote there, but I just want to draw out 
Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. So don't let your freedom be an opportunity for the flesh and be lazy, right? We don't need to um, be self-reliant and like really, you know, make everything happen, but we don't want to have the opportunity for the flesh. Okay, so um, deeds and service are like nourishment. I was like, okay, we've got water, we've got seeds for our words. What is, what are our deeds? And I was thinking about like sustenance. I feel like our deeds are kind of like the sustenance. They're also kind of like the glue, maybe, that like keeps a body together. Um, scripture tells us that faith without works is dead. And I think a body without good works is dead. It's like you got to exercise your muscles if you want to be strong. We need to exercise our good deeds and our service if we want the body to be strong. Amen? Okay, so practically, well, we serve by practically, practical service. There's a blank, I believe. Practical service. Okay, this is like move, helping people move. This summer, can I get a shout out to Olivia and Michael when we moved Ephesus? That was like a whole thing. So generous. Sophia, there was like a number of girls that came. I was like, thank you. Okay, so practical things, just like show up for one another. If someone's in need, we can show up if we can show up. If we can show up, we show up, right? Okay, so moving, <laughs> setting, setting up, taking down, packing up, lifting things. That's awesome. It's been a couple times I've had to set up the sound system for women's retreats, and I'm like, oh, I just want some help, right? Service. Okay, be willing to ask for help and receive help. Okay, asking for help and receiving help. Okay, so this is really big, especially, I I don't know, maybe just want to call out the women here a little bit, to be willing to ask for help and receive help is a really great way that we can serve Because what that communicates to somebody, when I allow you to help me, or when I say, hey, I need some help with this thing, it communicates, you have something to bring. You have have something to bring (laughs) that I, I need, right? Whether it's like your muscles or your know how, how to fix something. Okay, we need to know how to ask for and receive help. Men, you also need to know how to do this. But I think especially, like, I know this is an area where I've had to, like, really make a choice and an effort. Like, this is, an, this is a habit I want to have is not being afraid to ask for help and receive it. This is honoring. Okay, live up to your word. Live up to your word. Do what you say you will do. Be on time. This communicates you're worth it. You might have to sacrifice things, like brushing your teeth before you leave the house. Right? I don't know. You might have to settle for that mint in the car. That might not be Think about it. I, th- I think I'd honor them by brushing Honor them by brushing your teeth? <laughs> okay, well, you might have to sacrifice. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. It's always brushing my teeth. I'm like, Argh. okay. 
Maybe it's the extra minute of sleep. Maybe it's, who knows what. Does anybody else fall into the trap of like, you're going to leave at this time and you start heading out the door five minutes before, but then it's like 10 minutes later because you just had to put that one thing away. It might be not putting, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we might have to make some sacrifices. Okay, live up to your word. Hospitality. Can we have the mindset that we are always the host? It doesn't matter if I'm in my own home or if I'm in Long Street Studio or if I'm in the coffee shop or if I'm in my classroom or if I'm wherever at my workplace. I'm always the host. I'm always the host. You're always the host. You always have a capacity to be the one who's welcoming people. So what does it look like to host? Greeting. Greeting. Especially greeting the stranger. Abraham in Genesis 18, he dropped everything. This was in the scriptures a couple days ago, last week, I don't know, where the three strangers came and he was like, come, let me slaughter my calf and do all these things for you. He was so generous for the stranger. Greet the stranger. Stand up. Give them your eyes. A smile, a wink, a nod, a nudge, a hand, like, in passing, like, hey, you know, like, a fist bump. I don't know what it is. Do the wave. But you guys, little things go a long, not that kind of way, little things go a long way with people. Little things go a long way with people. There's nothing worse than walking into a room and feeling like nobody sees you. And you're like trying to find your place and maybe where can I, like what conversation can I come in and you kind of like come up close to someone. You would never do this to me, Caitlin. You kind of come up close to someone and you just like stand there and their shoulders are a little bit back and they don't turn to let you in and you're like, I'm standing right here. Okay, I'll just go the other way. There's nothing worse. Okay, the power of a slight turn, you know, it's big. The power of a slight turn or just a, oh my gosh, like the number of times these little people come up to me and they're like, right? And just a simple like, you know, I don't have to say anything. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Nonverbals are huge. Acknowledge people. Don't be a brick wall. Okay, turn your body. Okay, eating hospitality with food. You guys make food for one another. Make food, right? Example, cooking breakfast in the morning. I'm getting the eggs out, and my roommate comes down, and she's kind of like doing whatever, heading out the door. I know she's got to be somewhere. Do I just like make my eggs and then five minutes later she comes and she gets the pan and she makes eggs too because I know she's going to make breakfast? Or I could just say, hey, do you want me to make you some eggs while I'm at it? Absolutely. Right? We can serve that way. Or the coffee, morning prayer. Who's the one that preps it the night before and gets it all ready? Or who gets up extra early and gets it going? Okay, make food for one another. Offer extras meal prep. I don't know what it is. Okay. Make it available to people. This is generosity. Okay. Getting someone a drink. And when we come together, this is in 1 Corinthians 11. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. Okay. We can wait for one another. All right. Seeking with the eyes of a servant. This is the last one in hospitality. 
seeking with the eyes of a servant. How can I be of service? Sometimes this is an honoring way, a way to honor people is to be a little bit more forward. Get the game going. You have a place here. Come on, let's, you know. And sometimes it's the honoring thing, showing someone else their value to let them kind of take the limelight and I'm gonna take the back seat. I don't have to be the center of attention right now. I'm gonna like, yeah, you know, get behind somebody else. Okay, seek with the eyes of a servant. How can I serve that person, these people in this environment? I like to think of Mary because at the wedding at Cana, she was like, Jesus, they, they don't have any wine. It's just like, yes, Mary, you are human, and they are human. It's, I heard someone once say, honor your humanity. Let's honor one another's humanity. It's like the whole, everyone in this room is sweating hot right now. Let's open a window, right? So let's have eyes of service. What even are like those practical things? This person just had a long journey and I really want to talk to you because you just got to my house and I'm hosting you. But actually maybe you, let me show you to your room and you can settle down and put your stuff down. And I'll take my cue from her if she wants to come talk, right? Okay, eyes of a servant. This is thoughtfulness. In serving, we set ourselves aside and say that someone else is deserving of our time, okay? Okay, demeanor. This is, I just have a couple points here, but body language, okay? This is big, we can honor one another. How do I carry myself? Am I slouching? Am I like falling asleep when someone's talking to me? Right, no, just kidding. None of you are doing that right now. Am I showing interest? <laughs> Thanks, Olivia, I'm glad you thought that was funny. Am I showing interest? Am I scowling? I don't know why you would be scowling. Am I, am I attending to the person, basically? Okay, body language. All right, here's another one. I don't know really if this is demeanor, but I put it here. Okay, our dress in our grooming. This might be like kind of maybe a funny thing to talk about, but let's talk about it. Okay, this can be honoring or un, not honoring, right? Like if I, I, it communicates something if I like, put on a nice shirt and like maybe a little bit of lipstick and some earrings, it means I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I wanted to look nice for you or I'm gonna put on some real pants for this event that we have or whatever, right? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with sweatpants, but it's the right thing. It's the right thing in the right time, in the right, wait, the right thing at the right time in the right place, in the right way. <laughs> right thing, at the right time, in the right way. Okay, so this can be a real thing. Okay, and then the last thing, um, just because we've talked about it a little bit, is just a little note on formality. And this could be formality in our demeanor, like the way we carry ourselves, or formal ways of honoring, times of honoring. I just wanna say that um, more formal does not mean less familial. More formal does not mean less familial. Sometimes the formality can actually provide a space to help increase our warmth for one another and our care for one another, right? So more formal doesn't necessarily mean less familial, okay? But also, I'm going to say this, more formal isn't 
automatically more honoring. Okay? More formal is not automatically more honoring. It's the right thing at, at the right time in the right way. So think about it, thinking about the person and how do I communicate to this person? I see you. I know you. You're important. You have value. You're my sister. You're my brother. Right? Okay. <coughs> All right. Now respect. Let's just learn to look again. And this is where I'm going to end it. Whose phone? <laughs> okay. I'm going to end it here. Let's just, let's just learn to look again. Okay. Let's learn to practice to look again, especially with people in authority, with the elderly, with the homeless, with our parents, with the person who's different from me, and the person, who, the pe person who's rubbing me the wrong way right now. Let's learn to look again. Have some respect. Look again, especially with those people, the authorities, Elderly, homeless, the parents, the parents, the person who's different from me, the person who's rubbing me the wrong way right now. Let's look again. Okay. Do you see their dignity, their values? Can you think? Can you put yourself in their shoe? What's going on for this person? What are they thinking? All right. Whatever you did to each of these, you did to me. So check yourself. Sometimes we do not see clearly. <laughs> Our judgments are not right all the time. We've got a lens in front of us because of a thing that happened, and we're not seeing clearly. So re-look, respect. Okay. What would it look like if we were a community of people consistently striving to love one another with brotherly affection, consistently striving to outdo one another in showing honor. What would that look like? And I want to pull that word out, consistent. Can we be consistent with this? Okay. So everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Just want to bring us back to that. This isn't like a, I'm going to like muster up and have like a great plan, a perfect plan, and, you know, this day I'm going to be here, and then, you know, this day I'm going to be here, and then here. Boom. All right? But let's consistently strive to love one another with brotherly affection and consistently strive to outdo one another in showing honor. Could you take just two minutes to look at the questions at the bottom of that outline? The first is just that question, have you been born again of the Lord and know the Lord right now? Does that need renewed? The second one is to list the ways that you are right now seeking to honor people day to day. And the last one is what's the one thing that you want to make a habit of that we talked about? Just one.